Welcome to Hot Topics in Kidney Health, brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation. Each episode, we highlight the latest in kidney research, bring you up-to-date news in kidney care, dispel myths, and answer your kidney health questions. The Medicare coverage for immunosuppressive drugs for transplant patients has recently been expanded. But what does this new benefit cover and who is eligible? Listen to today's podcast with Cynthia Nichols-Jackson, a transplant recipient and registered nurse, who is also a program coordinator for the National Kidney Foundation, and Troy Zimmerman, a special projects director for the National Kidney Foundation, to learn how this new policy will affect the future for kidney transplants. Good afternoon. My name is Cynthia Nichols Jackson. I am a program coordinator for the National Kidney Foundation of Michigan. I am also a kidney patient. I am a dialysis as well as uh, have now been transplanted for my second time in 2020. Today, we'd like to be able to talk about the immunosuppression medications coverage. Um, and we'll be doing this with Troy Zimmerman from National Kidney Foundation. Thank you very much, Cynthia. I always appreciate the opportunity to uh, work side by side and collaborate with our patients. It, it helps bring um, the, the message home for what we do here as staff. Uh, my name is Troy Zimmerman, and I am the Special Projects Director in the National Kidney Foundation's Government Relations Office. I've been with the Foundation for 25 years in various roles, but always in the Government Relations Office where we do outreach on behalf of our patients and our professional members with Congress and federal agencies and the like. So I'm certainly pleased to have this opportunity today and, and to educate our patient community and our provider community more about this new benefit. So I'm happy to take your questions. Well, on that note, let's get started. I'm a 65-year-old recipient of a transplant in August of 2020. It is my second transplant, and I did not have any problems with my coverage for Medicare, but there are those who have lost their coverage after 36 months after their transplant. So I was thrilled, though, to learn about this new law that would expand the Medicare coverage for the immunosuppressive drugs for kidney transplant recipients. Troy, can you tell me more about this program? Absolutely. Uh, first, let me say that um, NKF is excited also. If this has been a long time in the making. Uh, it took about 25 to 30 years to finally get this uh, approved by Congress. So I'm happy to report that it's finally done. But let me give you a little bit of a history. So prior to the passage of this law in December 2020, kidney transplant recipients whose Medicare eligibility was based on their kidney failure rather than based on other social security disability status or being age 65 or above, they had continued Medicare coverage, including for their immunosuppressive drugs, for 36 months after their transplant. But after the 36 month, their Medicare eligibility ends. As a result of the new law, which will be effective in January of 2023, kidney recipients who do not have other insurance coverage will continue to have Medicare eligibility indefinitely for these immunosuppressive drugs if they meet certain conditions. Prior to that, obviously, you know, Cynthia, from somebody who's had a transplant, if, you, if you're not able to have coverage for those drugs, 
uh, many patients lack affordable access to them. And, they, and the patients obviously have to take that medication daily for as long as their transplant is viable. And so certainly it was a deterrent for some people to try to get a transplant. So we're very, very pleased that Congress was finally able to enact a legislation that will provide lifetime coverage for people under Medicare, regardless of whether they're aged or receiving Social Security disability, if they do not have other coverage for immunosuppressive drugs. But Troy, that is excellent information because although I am on my second transplant, and yes, I do know the expenses of taking the transplant medications over the life of the organ itself. I was blessed to have the insurance, but I really do want to be the voice for those who do not, as well as those whom, after 36 months of living with the transplant, if you have to seek another insurance or employment in order to pay for the premiums of insurances, that is definitely a downer for those who are seeking a transplant in the beginning. So with this new bill and benefits coming through, it's going to be an excellent change agent for transplant recipients. What does the benefits uh, cover? Well, first, let me say uh, what, what you just remarked about, um, you know, how, how wonderful the benefit is. We like hearing that because you know, we hear, you know, we, we all know patient stories where uh, forced to find, as I said earlier, alternative methods of paying for the drugs. You know, we, we absolutely positively know of patient experiences where, you know, they have to, they struggle to pay their rent or, you know, pay for food, pay for utilities, you know, juggle bills. Um, because the medications, you know, as you know, cost hundreds of dollars a month. Um, sometimes, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a year, depending on which, um, which immunosuppressive regimen you're on. So as far as what it covers, again, let me emphasize the only thing that will be covered indefinitely. And so after the 36-month period expires, the only thing that will be covered are immunosuppressive drugs, or also known as anti-rejection drugs, under this new eligibility. So all other Medicare coverage will still end 36 months after the transplant for patients who are either not aged or not otherwise disabled. And this includes any other medications as well. Not only will no other Medicare services be covered after 36 months, but even other transplant medications that are common, for example, Valcite to prevent CMV infection, or even um, more routine medications such as those that control high blood pressure or hypertension, which a lot of transplant recipients experience either as a dialysis patient or sometimes they, they experience that after they've had a transplant. So again, even if it's other drugs that are necessary uh, that, a, that a patient has to take, and I'm sure, Cynthia, you take, you know, an endless number of, of different medications, not just immunosuppressives. None of those other meds will be covered three years after uh, the transplant under this new benefit, under this new law, only the immunosuppressive drugs. That's to be understood. Um, the other drugs are not as expensive, although it depends. Uh, the valside is pretty expensive. It is one drug in itself, uh, and which is the drug to prevent the CMV virus. Yet one month of the anti-rejection medications all come to at least two or $3,000 if it's not covered by medication. So if I have to 
decide whether or not I'm going to live with this organ and try to pay thousands of dollars for one month, or if I have stay on dialysis and be covered with Medicare, surely I'm going to think about staying on dialysis as opposed to paying for transplant medications. But if this, with this bill coming through to actually pay for those transplant medications and keep me alive, I will figure out how to pay other medications for my high blood pressure or my cholesterol. Yet it's just not apples and apples. It's definitely ones that's, this is a huge change for this particular benefit to come about for Congress to take care of because we could not keep this organ if we had to rely on that 36 month and one day. We could not keep that going. So what does the benefit cover? Well, let me first say the National Kidney Foundation agrees with you wholeheartedly. And we are certainly pleased that we finally uh, were able to get Congress to pass the legislation. So as far as who is eligible, basically it's similar to eligibility for when a person is transplanted. So in order to have had that eligibility for 36 months, the, the individual must have been eligible for and applied for Medicare prior to the transplant even if they were not enrolled in Medicare at that time. So essentially, it does not matter if Medicare was the primary or the secondary payer insurance when the person had a transplant. So in essence, if a person had or could have had Medicare when they were transplanted, then they may be eligible for the immunosuppressive benefit. The reason I say maybe is because there are other restrictions. The way we were able to get this through Congress, and I don't mean just the National Kidney Foundation, but the organ donation and transplant community at large, because we had a lot of partners on this. But the way we were able to do this was we advocated for this as a last resort coverage for people. So essentially, you know, we weren't asking Congress and we were not asking Medicare to cover people who had other insurance. You know, what we were doing was trying to address the people like you were saying earlier in your in the conversation who had who struggled to to pay for the medications because they lose their, their insurance after 36 months. So for example, if a transplant recipient has any other public insurance, such as Medicaid or covered through the Department of Veterans Affairs or TRICARE, which covers uh, civilian armed forces personnel, or if they have private or group health insurance, they, they would not be eligible for this extended coverage because they would already have immunosuppressive drug coverage under those insurance policies. Again, this is for people who they were Medicare eligible at the time of transplant, whether Medicare was the primary payer or was not. If at some point they had the opportunity for Medicare and they've had that 36-month coverage either now or in the future, and once their 36-month period ends, if they do not have other insurance, then they will be eligible to apply for this extended benefit. Say, for instance, fourth year of the transplant now is greater than 36, and you had your employer's insurance as your primary or secondary with Medicare, but now you've left your employer. Can you pick up this Medicare benefit at that time to cover your transplant medications for your organ? Yes, you could because you had that Medicare eligibility. So in your example, 
the individual was Medicare eligible, but Medicare was a secondary payer. Correct. At the time, that, that is correct. So they had Medicare eligibility at time of transplant. Um, it's, it's in that example, it just so happened that the employer-based coverage was a primary payer, but they were still Medicare eligible. So regardless of whether they actually had to use Medicare or not, they were eligible at the time. And so if they're beyond 36 months and they no longer have employer-based coverage, they would qualify for this benefit. Very good. So you're saying no matter what, if since this has come up this way, that once the person has the transplant surgery, that their coverage for their transplant medications will continue for the life of the organ. That is correct. As long as they had Medicare eligibility, which most kidney patients do at the time of transplant. What happens if you didn't have eligibility at the time of the transplant? If you did not have eligibility at the time of the transplant, you would only be eligible for Medicare once you become age 65 or older, or if you qualify for social security disability income due to some other disability, then you would have your immunosuppressive drugs covered. However, that would be under the uh, Medicare Part D prescription drug plan if you did not have Medicare when you were initially transplanted. But somebody who um, becomes otherwise eligible for Medicare based on age or, or disability, after a transplant, they would have Medicare coverage for all of their medications, including their immunosuppressive drugs. Would the person have an option for brand or generic transplant meds, or will it always, because it's covered by a government uh, insurance, will they only have the ability to get a generic product? That is a great question, and that is something that the National Kidney Foundation was very insistent upon. We firmly believed when we were working with Congress on the legislation that the transplant physician must have the ability to prescribe whatever regimen and whatever prescription that uh, he or she felt is best for that individual patient, uh, whether it's a specific brand or a generic. Um, currently, uh, you know, one of the great things about the Part B drug coverage is the transplant physician is able to prescribe whatever they feel is the best for that patient. And as you may know from your experience, you know, sometimes it takes two, three, four different drugs to determine what works best for that individual patient. Maybe what, you know, what works best in one patient is not effective in another uh, patient of that physician. And they have to try various different um, regimens before they get the one that, that works most effectively. So we are very, very pleased that Congress agreed with that. The Department of Health and Human Services agreed. Um, so that, yes, the physician will be able to prescribe whatever they feel is the most effective for that individual patient going forward. Very good. That can be a challenge. That happens with all types of medications, but the transplant anti-rejection meds are so valuable and so vital that I'm glad to hear that your ability to be able to make those choices. So how would anyone be able to enroll and get this coverage started? Well, that's a great question because it's going to be, I don't want to say a complicated process, but you know, it's, it's a new, it's a new benefit. So, you know, people know about it, but we need to educate patients. The professionals need to be educated. The pharmacists need to be educated. 
So the effective date of the new benefit is January 1, 2023. And the enrollment process is being finalized, but enrollment will begin on October 1st of this year. And that's for anybody who has already reached their 36 month uh, period. So if their Medicare coverage, Medicare eligibility has already expired, they can enroll beginning on October 1. And anybody uh, whose coverage will end before January 1st can enroll as well. Um, so, you know, we're, that, that's, again, this is something, you know, very important to get the word out to the patients and the professional communities and the National Kidney Foundation is working diligently on this. And essentially, the way this is going to work is kidney recipients who are nearing the end of their 36-month eligibility already are notified in advance by the Social Security Administration of their upcoming termination of that 36-month period. So they know in advance, you know, you had your transplant, let's say, 33 months ago. Your Medicare coverage is going to cease in three months. And I'm not exactly sure of the wording of the letter, but they know in advance. It's not as if they go to their pharmacist on the 37th month and find out, you know, they no longer have coverage. So they are already received notification in written form by Social Security. So what will happen is that notification will now include this information about the availability of the new benefit and how to enroll in the, in the benefit. And it'll include instructions on what the kidney transplant recipients needs to do. Um, fortunately, they can provide a verbal attestation with the Social Security Administration. So they don't have to do this in writing. They can do it over the telephone. They'll have instructions on how to contact Social Security. And essentially, they'll be giving information that they are not enrolled in any other health coverage, as I outlined earlier in the conversation, whether that's you know, private insurance, public insurance, a group health employer plan, et cetera. So they'll have to provide an attestation that they don't have other coverage and they don't expect to have other coverage, and therefore they will be eligible for this additional Medicare coverage starting in January. Good news, good news, and glad to hear that the announcements will go out well in advance. We here at the National Kidney Foundation in Michigan will help to push on our side too. Again, I can't reiterate more, it's a game changer, and we want this to be positive and have good results. So does this insurance cover monthly premiums, co-pays, and things like that? It does. Let me add one more thing to the previous question. As, I, as you know, somebody whose coverage has already expired, you know, whether that be a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, they will be eligible for this renewed benefit as well if oh. they have no other coverage. So the Kidney Foundation is, you know, we're very concerned about the Department of Health and Human Services having the appropriate strategy to not only to identify those individuals, and we, we've expressed that concern to Department of Health and Human Services and to our congressional champions, but not only identifying those recipients, but, but you know, how to reach out to them and, and the importance of providing a clear explanation of the benefit and what is needed for them to qualify for the, for the new coverage. Because if somebody's 
coverage ended four years ago, their Medicare eligibility ended four years ago, and they get a letter from the Social Security Administration or from Medicare or from the Department of Health and Human Services about this new benefit, they might be confused as to why they received the letter and how this applies to them. So we think it's very, very important to not only properly identify those people and, and uh, reach out to them as quickly as possible, again, to provide a clear explanation of you know, what the previous law was, what the new benefit is, and, and how they would qualify. So let me get to the question you had earlier about the premiums and the co-pays. Premiums and co-pays would still apply as they do for every Medicare Part B beneficiary. Kidney transplant recipients who elect to receive the indefinite immunosuppressive coverage under this new benefit are required to pay 15% of that year's full Part B premium that age and other Medicare beneficiaries pay. The 15% is based on the combined government and patient portion. For 2023, this amounts to $97 per month. Additionally, the patient would pay the standard 20% copay for each different immunosuppressive drug that they are required to take. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. So what if I'm eligible for the new benefit, but later obtain coverage that includes an immunosuppression drug? How is this going to affect me? That's a, that's a great question. It's a very logical question. So uh, if you are, if you'd have the benefit now, but you do obtain other coverage uh, through, say, you become employed or your spouse becomes employed or, you know, gains uh, employer-based coverage, or maybe you, you know, become Medicaid eligible, a patient becomes Medicaid eligible, you'd be required to notify Social Security within 60 days of enrollment in that new coverage. So once you have new insurance coverage, you need to, to let them know. Um, on a similar vein, if the transplant recipient has coverage under one of those other examples we cited earlier in the conversation, perhaps, you know, whether it's employer-based coverage or some other public plan like Medicaid, but then they lose that in the future, they would be able to enroll in that, in that new Medicare coverage as well. So maybe they're beyond 36 months, you know, they had their transplant four and a half years ago, they have coverage through an employer plan, and then they lose that coverage either by losing, leaving the job or, or the coverage becomes unavailable to them, then they could still go back and enroll into the into Medicare again to get the Part B indefinite immunosuppressive coverage. Good clarity, because that can happen. It's almost the ideal situation that after 36 months of a transplant, your activity levels should at least return to some normal and you would go to an employer. Uh, but you're right then as the life goes on, when do we change and if it's covered? So thank you. Uh, what happens if you become Medicare eligible? because you turn 65, what happens then as far as your coverage? You would still have the Medicare immunosuppressive coverage under Medicare Part B. It's identical to what an aged or disabled beneficiary already receives because somebody who is over age 65 or older or has Medicare disability status, if they've had a kidney transplant, they already have lifetime coverage. So. 
again, you know, what this law does, it covers those people who are under age 65 or, or who are not disabled. And again, even for those individuals, even if you're aged and disabled, most kidney transplant recipients receive their immunosuppressive drugs under Medicare Part B, not under the Part D prescription drug program. And that was, which I think is very beneficial because then they can be assured that their transplant physician can prescribe the drugs that they think are most effective for them, as we talked about earlier in our conversation. Whereas if they're on a, a Part D program, it might be a little more difficult to get the coverage that that the uh, physician wants. So um, again, it, it, nothing would change for them. Um, if, if you have coverage under this extension and then you be, say become Medicare aged, you simply have lifetime coverage continues for your immunosuppressive drugs. When we speak about the difference in the alphabet of B such as boy or D such as dog would be clear as so that people know that it's not, um, we're covered for this medication because it's part of a medical issue and not so much the part D like in dog where that's more of just drugs. So we're being covered because the organ itself is coming under B like in boy and this is where the medications will be covered under B like in boy and not D like in dog. Correct. And, and Medicare Part B, as in boy, only covers oral medications for a very select number of conditions. And one, of course, being kidney transplant recipients. So that, that's a very good point. Thank you, Cynthia. So how will this policy affect future treatments uh, for the transplants? I mean, should it should we be looking for an increase now for those who are on the transplant list or that list growing because we can change the dynamics of a person's thoughts by saying now uh, the government will help and actually pay for these drugs? Absolutely. The NKF and the entire transplant community are very optimistic that this extended coverage will encourage more people who previously were faced with losing their immunosuppressive coverage to, con to consider transplantation. As you probably know, transplant centers currently very commonly require patients to have a certain amount of assets or savings that can be used towards their post-transplant extensions. And, and of course, immunosuppressive drugs are not the only financial issue after a transplant that a patient must face, that might face, but it, it, the cost of the drugs out of pocket are literally are thousands of dollars a year. So understandably, as frustrating as it may be, you know, it's the transplant center's job and the transplant team's job. And I think the transplant coordinator's job at a transplant center to, to make sure that if a patient at a minimum is aware of the financial issues, you know, whether it's fairness or not, I mean, honestly, the National Kidney Foundation is concerned that, you know, that financial viability is sometimes an issue in deciding who gets a transplant. We'd like to see that addressed, and we're working on ways to address that, quite frankly. But, it, but it's a legitimate um, 
concern that transplant centers have had. So, so certainly having this new benefit will definitely encourage people to seek a transplant. We, we believe that. I agree. I believe that if people knew that there was help from the government to aid them with uh, keeping the organ that is such a gift, then I think that the attitude change should be more of a reassurance that at least you have that portion covered and that we're looking forward to this bill going into action on January 1st of 2023. This is a win for everybody. You know, it's certainly, I mean, first and foremost, it's a win for patients and it's a win for, for families, obviously. But it's also a win for the transplant professionals and the nephrology providers and the dialysis practitioners, you know, everybody who's involved in caring for patients with kidney failure, it's a win for all of them, whether there's somebody in a, in, a, in a dialysis center or a transplant center. And lastly, it's a win um, for donor families and living donors, because um, one of the arguments I always used when we were trying to build support for this um, on Capitol Hill before members of Congress was, you know, it's the right thing to do for anybody who's donated a kidney, you know, whether it's a living donor or, or that donor family. So I very much appreciate you, you raising that. So listeners could find more information or patients could find more information. We have information available on our website, kidney.org. And also we have information that is available through our NKF CARES, which is our patient information center that is staffed by trained specialists to answer questions and provide information on behalf of patients. And our listeners can visit that at kidney.org backslash NKF CARES or call 855-653-2273. Two two seven three for more information, and that is staff Monday through Friday. We do have a very extensive network of of assistance and information programs available to our to our patients, and and we know a lot of people seek um, information, particularly new patients, you know, from from websites. So it's great to have that resource. Thanks so much, and we from the National Kidney Foundation of Michigan too will be sharing this information. I am the coordinator who takes patient calls and I will definitely be spreading it out. I'm also over the peers program that we have in Michigan. So I will also be sharing it with the peer mentors as well as any other opportunities with which I can get this message out. I think again, as I continue to say, it's a game changer. It definitely is a win-win for both because one thing with this organ is a gift and to lose it because you couldn't afford the medications is a tragedy. And so we, you know, we think if I could say we thank the government and the Congress for passing such a bill to uh, help us and um, looking at kidney disease in itself is continuing to rise, but with more transplants and helping more education awareness, we should be able to get those numbers down and we pray for more donors. Uh, to come up and um, help those of us who are in stage renal disease. But again, thank you for this information about this new program and this new bill in order to help us to keep our kidney organs. Cynthia, I don't think I've 
could have said it any better. You know, absolutely, it's the right thing to do. It's the logical thing to do. I mean, if Medicare is paying for dialysis and they're paying for the transplant, then they certainly should pay for the medications that are necessary to help preserve the function of the transplant. Um, but, you know, but it's, as I said, it's, it's the right thing to do for the donors and for the patients. Um, and everybody who wants to get a transplant should not have to worry about, you know, the, the cost of these medications. We're very eager uh, to work with Health and Human Services, with Medicare, with Social Security to help educate the patients. We need to educate the providers and, and we need to help educate the pharmacies about this new benefit so that there's so it's a streamlined process when the patient goes to renew their prescription and you know they need to be informed about that they're that they're eligible and how to qualify for it and how to you know have this continued access because as you well know you know even missing several days of the medication you know puts that that kidney at risk and you know missing a week or two puts it really at risk and you know virtually assures um uh graft failure, whether it's acute or, or chronic or reversible failure. So, you know, we sincerely appreciate the efforts that you do at the National Kidney Foundation of Michigan. And, you know, we'd encourage you to you know, refer the patients to us or to our CARES line if there's questions that you can't answer. And if there's questions that come up from them that you think would be beneficial for us to, to know about, please share those as well. So certainly I'm most appreciative of the opportunity to hear your questions and your comments and receive your input today. This will be very, very helpful as we go forward in um, implementing and helping to implement this, this new benefit. This letter should be coming from Social Security Administration, as well as the other two organizations to be able to let patients know, don't throw this particular envelope away. It's very valuable to your health. Uh, watch for it and know that it can make a difference for you no matter if you're a brand new transplant or you have had your um, organ for several years, it's still a benefit for you. Sign up. It will go into effect January 1 of 2023. So do this for the sake of your organ's life. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. We hope we have provided some clarity around this new Medicare benefit for you. Today's shout out goes to Bobby Reed, a longtime NKF volunteer, a Kidney Advocacy Committee member, and a passionate advocate of expanded drug coverage for kidney transplant recipients. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you for listening. Make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also email us directly with your comments and suggestions at nkfpodcast@kidney.org. We hope you will join us next time. And from all of us at NKF, we wish you good health.